You're listening to the Sioux Falls Startup Stories Podcast. Well, hey, yo, everybody, and welcome to the second to final podcast episode for season three. This episode is going to post literally just before Black Friday. It is just around the corner. I can't even believe it, but hey. We're getting through these episodes. The feedback so far, these last few episodes, has been exceptional. I appreciate you guys bearing with me while I get these last episodes out. Uh, Just the other day, I posted Jody Schwanz of Sioux Falls Business. I posted her episode, and man, the, the feedback and the stories, people really loved hearing her story. So if you haven't yet, go check on my episode with her in Season 3. But this week... Uh, I've actually purposefully waited till the end of the season or toward the end of the season to post this episode. I had the super exceptional opportunity to sit down with a group of folks that I, I truly admire. I've watched them for a couple of years now. I've never had the chance to meet them directly until this interview, but I have consumed a lot of their products over the last few years because I am a huge fan. Today, we are hearing the story of... The Stenson Brothers. The Stenson Brothers are the family that brought truly local, handmade, locally sourced ice cream to Sioux Falls and the surrounding area. They own and operate the business Stenson Family Ice Cream. I am Justin Stenson. Um, grew up on a family farm that's been in the family for over 100 years out, in, out by Larchwood, Iowa. Um, I'm married to Chelsea. We have five children. Um, we still we live on the farm, and we started a creamery, so we start processing our own milk and make ice cream. Jason Stenslin, and I also grew up on a farm, the same farm as Justin did there by Larchwood, Iowa. And uh, while growing up, we did a lot of outdoor activities, and it was. We're a really close-knit family growing up, and it's the good old home-style way to get raised on a farm, I guess. And then um, I, as of right now, still live in the same area with my wife, Paige, and we have four kids. And it's nice to see them out on the farm doing the same stuff as what I grew up doing. So I always said that's a good way to raise a family. Well, it makes sense that Jason Stenslin and Justin Stenslin grew up on the same farm. I mean, they are family, after all, the Stenson family ice cream business. So they're family, and in fact, they are brothers. What's the age difference for you guys? An hour and a half. <laughs> hour and a half? Yeah, we're twins. So. Really? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Oh, really? Maybe I did. I don't know. So. We, yeah, we grew, and we're really close. Yep. So that helps. Indeed, they are very close. Close in age, they're close in thoughts. They even sat uncomfortably close together on my little tiny couch in my office. Now, if you aren't super familiar with Stenslin's ice cream, you can find it all over town. They have a handful of locations around town, including their farm in Larchwood, Iowa. They also wholesale some of their product to some various vendors and uh, restaurants here in town. So how does a couple farm boys from Iowa end up in the ice cream and cheese making business anyway? We had an idea that uh, 
who wanted to milk cows and didn't realize what the commitment was until you actually get into it. Once you're in it, you, you kind of want to stick to it. You can't make a quick buck on it. So what we realized is if we're going to continue to stay on the farm and to make a living dairy farming back when we started, we decided to keep innovating kind of certain things with technology. And then we started getting into the whole processing and doing our own products and kind of ended up where we are today. Well, this is the quintessential Midwestern way of life, right? Especially when we think about the farming community around us. Uh, Family farms are passed down from generation to generation. I get this feeling of pride and delight and almost nostalgic just hearing them talk about the dream of growing up on the farm and continuing life like that for their families on the farm. That was a dream for years. I remember a kid, our folks would drag us around to on-farm processing plants. And uh, we were, what, six years old? And we were just so excited to make ice cream. And so ever since then, we always said we're going to do it. So we did it. And uh, we worked together as a family and uh, create ice creams, R&D, any dairy products. We all do that as a group. So these two young brothers were living on a farm, but the farm wasn't active at that time. So they had to go out and start their new adventure in dairy farming, and they had to do it nearly from scratch. Yeah, our grandfather quit dairy farming in 1990, and he was dairy farming with our father. And they decided to quit because all of us young, we were all young then, us three boys were. And in 2003, we started it back up. We got cows and we were in high school when we started back up. So, and then it grew to what it is today. For 13 years, they were um, grain farming. We had crops um, and then my dad worked off the farm. And then, yeah. That's where we learned how to farm and we learned kind of the ins and outs and grandpa taught us because he was the only one, he was retired. So he taught, he had a lot of time to teach us how to farm. And so we made all our mistakes then. You know, we don't make any more mistakes. (laughs) <laughs> that's so, sarcasm so, <laughs> so 2003 you guys were still in high school right yeah we were 16 and you and bought a bunch of cows bought 44 cows out of down by des moines and i remember we were in high school obviously and we were oh man what we were doing after practice we were taking our showers in the locker rooms and we looked at each other and said why are we milking cows at two in the morning before school every day And we stuck with it, and it's been a struggle through high school. To get through high school, it was, but we got through it. Well, when I was in high school, I was not waking up at 2 a.m. for pretty much anything. I was lucky to be going to bed at 2 a.m. after hanging out with my friends. But these kids, these were farm kids. They are certainly of a different mindset when it comes to work than most city kids like myself. Now, Even with my limited knowledge of farm life, I know that buying a milking cow isn't exactly cheap. And they started with 44 of them. I believe we paid $1,750 a piece, if I remember right. Yep. So we took a loan out. We went to the bank. Dad co-signed for us. We didn't have anything to, no money at all. So he co-signed for us. And we just learned everything as we went. So it's been quite a struggle, but we got through it. They say this phrase quite a bit. It's been a struggle, but we got through it. Now, there's something in the entrepreneurial world called grit. 
If you're not familiar with this word, I encourage you to read Angela Duckworth's book titled Grit. I'm sure, though, you can probably extrapolate enough meaning of the word to understand when I say these guys have grit (laughs) and a lot of it. At at just 16 years old, they took out a loan, and not like a loan like many of us did when we were 16, when we were maybe buying our first car for five to ten grand. This was like an $80,000 loan to launch a dairy business, but this was just for the cows. I mean, my head is spinning just thinking about it. They were just 16. It it was just the 44, and what we lacked was equipment because that all comes with it, so then what we had to do is do a lot of things the the hard way we thought and grandpa always said well i always had it worse but uh we we had a mix feed by hand we had a scrape by hand um we were very fortunate to have a neighbor that went out of dairy and the equipment that fit right into the same barn that we had on our farm worked really great to get that and they worked with us on that so we could at least get the equipment to milk the cows Mm -hmm. so the cows were, was easy to find. It was just all that other stuff, all that extras that you don't think of while you're starting up a business. You're like, oh yeah, you gotta do all this. And we're really good at shooting from the hip. And that's been good, but that's also been- uh, Caught up to us. <laughs> it kinda got us in some pickles too, but um, we have a very good gut feeling. And when we have an idea, we run with it. And uh, we kinda always have each other's backs. So that's what helps. Well, they're family, and they're twins. And when they say they've got each other's backs, they really, really do. And I mean, they had to, because this endeavor, it's not easy. They had a lot of debt and a lot of work that needed to be done every single day. And I mean every single day. You can't not milk the cows for a couple days. You can't not do the chores on the weekends. But with the debt and the money and the lack of equipment and the workload in front of them every day. Did they ever think that this little endeavor of a dairy farm just might not work long-term? Every Every day, still do. Every single day. uh, Things do work out. Things happen for a reason. Yep. So what we, well, what we also did though is uh, you and I didn't make any money for many years. Um, (laughs) So we had side gigs trying to keep that all going. Mm -hmm. So, um, at 16 years old with the debt, trying to figure out how to make that payment, that was very tough. And how we got through it was not paying ourselves for up to at least six years and uh, investing it all back in, trying to get it to float and then having side gigs to help it on top of all side that. Side jobs. We did a lot of side jobs. Yep. So we worked full time doing cows, all the milking cows and all that, like every day, seven days a week. And then we would have a lot of jobs on the side to help. Float it. Float it. Honestly, this makes me feel just a little bit better about the state of business that my wife and I are in with our retail store. We, we really don't make any money, and I build websites, and I do some design work on the side just to manage paying our bills at home while we work to grow our retail store. That's just, it's always refreshing to hear that sometimes it takes a little while to build and to grow, and you don't always start out just making money. And we figured no one's going to hand it over to us. We didn't have anything that was going to get handed. So we said, well, what we're going to do is going to create our own destiny and we're going to have to figure it out on our own. It's the only thing we knew at the time. Yeah. Because now it's like, oh, I could have probably done something different or went a different avenue. But at the time, that's all we knew. We knew how to farm and we just ran with it and we just kept growing. 
Well, I think we've clarified that these kids were ambitious and hardworking. They were going to farm and get things done and really build a sustainable, long-lasting legacy of a business. So what did those early days look like for them when they were dreaming about what their business would look like when it was, quote, successful? And how has that changed over time? At that point, what I thought success was farming half the country and having cows all over the place and pumping out that milk. I thought that was success. I don't know where you're... I would say the same thing. We did... The more equipment, the more we we had, the better off we would have been. But it's actually opposite if you enjoy what you do. And it's not more, it's about how good of a job you do with what you have. And what changed for me is probably with the family. Once I got married, um, had kids, and you start stepping back, and you were like, which direction are we going into? Um, Is certain things worth it? Is certain risk worth it? I have a harder time dealing with risk now. It's a little harder for me. Back in the day when I was young, I didn't. I wasn't worried about making payments. I didn't. I was, ah, I'm young. I'm still young, but now I'm a little more cautious on how we um, make a decision because there's more family members involved now. There's people's jobs on the line. So we really think about that a lot more now. Yeah, a lot more responsibility. Yes. And yeah. success to me now is running a, a successful business that's family owned and keeping that together yeah. is a job itself. And it's uh, worth it at the end. It is worth yep. it. We're all in it for the same goal. So um, that to me is success. Because we have nine family members that make a living off this business. And we have employees too. But nine family members that all work together. And it's, it's, a, it's a big job to keep everybody on the same page, but communicating. So that's to us is successful. Speaking of a common goal. What is their common goal as a family-run and family-operated business? Provide a good work environment for all parties. Provide a good product that we're proud of, a high-quality product, and enjoy what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That is our goal, and we've stuck to that, and no matter what happens. A few times you veer off of that, but we always go back to that. Those are three really good goals. Yes. Stensland Family Farms makes their product from scratch. We know the feeling and the struggles because in our business, Juniper Apothecary, we do the same thing. All of our product is handmade from scratch in our retail store downtown. Juniper Apothecary is a local family-run business just like Stensland Family Farms. We provide bath and body products, herbal remedies, essential oils, and a myriad of other products that focus on a more natural, alternative style of living. Stop down to our downtown location and meet the maker, my wife, Brittany Sopko, and explore the products on our shelves. Juniper Apothecary is located on the south end of the 8th and Railroad Boardwalk in downtown Sioux Falls. Find us on Facebook or online at juniperapothecary.com. Let's get back to the farm boys, Stensland Family Farms. Well, both Jason and Justin have their goals, their plans, and their mission tuned in so well with each other. They echo each other's thoughts as well. It, it almost makes me jealous that my wife and I can't be on the same page as well as these two twin brothers are. But even in all their success they've experienced today, I wondered if they ever felt 
the imposter syndrome. Like they weren't doing the best that they could do or that they weren't the right people to be leading their their whole family really through this adventure of farming into value-added products like ice cream and cheese and all the other things that they're doing. We do that every day. And I always ask myself, why do we do that to ourselves? We're really hard on ourselves. But um, that's where the family comes and helps. And we all talk and they're like, you guys, we've done a lot. We need to pat ourselves on the back. You can't compare yourself to everyone else because everyone else has their internal problems too. And the internal stuff's a lot harder than what most people can imagine. And a lot of people don't see it. And that's the goal. You don't want them to see it because then you got a problem. So um, we, hold, uh, we hold a lot of that uh, responsibility inside and it does bother us once in a while but we get through it we have each other we have the family that's all it is you know and i get emotional about it because it's just it's a lot people don't realize it now stenciland's ice cream business isn't just a mom and pop dairy farm that makes a little milk and turns it into ice cream to buy at the fair they are a big time outfit with a ton of moving parts and the last few years has resulted in a ton of expansion and growth from their farm to the retail store on 41st Street, and then just recently an east side location, and now they've taken over operations at Falls Outlook Cafe at Falls Park. I mean, what they've done is truly amazing, but it hasn't been easy. Honestly, that's a conversation every day, and it's gotten, like, really overwhelming overall. And so what we've done is trying to figure out which direction we really want to go. And part of our family meetings that we're getting structured more and better at continuing throughout every week um, is what direction do we really want to go? Because you can go down a path and it's just a big old snowball and it just keeps going and going your debt load. So then you got to look back and say, okay, I don't want to jeopardize what we're doing or our quality of our product. What's more important? But overall, um, we're getting to the point where our conversations are, have we outgrown some of the situations at hand? Are we looking for investment opportunities, as in people to come in and help us expand this? Our family's gotten to the point where those are the questions that we ask them, because how much more can the family do ourselves? Because the growing pains are getting, it's, it's, it's incredible how much our, our growth is, but it, you also got to get a handle on it. So that's the stage where we're at. I always said it's like a, doing a wheelie with a bike, and we've almost went back, so then we're getting straightened back out again. Well, even with all this recent expand, expansion and new visibility, they are looking to go bigger. But with their growth comes more risk and more money, and now it's not just the two brothers. It's an entire family group, nine of them. Well, there's some big conversations at a really big table about what to do next and how they should get there. We're still trying to figure out how to manage that. That's the problem is we're not experienced with that. So we're just, we're all young as a group. So we just like, eh, we really don't know yet. But right now is the meetings are very, very important. We all get together and we all have ideas, but the, you're correct on there's a few of us that are ready to expand, we think, and there's other ones that are like, eh, we're not quite there. Honestly, we, that's what we're trying to figure out is where are we going in the future? We don't, that's, 
the conversations, our biggest thing is want all family members to voice their opinion. I feel like it's really important, especially at the stage we're at. Um, we also talk about what direction do we really want to focus on? What products do we really want to focus on? And that will also help with which area that we're going to grow in and run with. We feel like we're known for ice cream and we should really kind of focus on some of that and run with and take it to a whole nother level. But then you look at it as a business is like, well, everything else is slowly coming up with it too. So do you take everything with you? And when you do that, now you're out of milk. So then you look at it and say, do we expand that? Well, like I said before, I, I kind of elaborated on that a little bit, but the dairy industry has taken a lot of heat and it is a industry that is, it's kind of dying out. So we look at, there's opportunities of buying cattle and, and kind of growing that. And, but like you said, is dairy going to continue? People are drinking less milk. So those are the conversations and it's just trying to feel out what markets we want to expand further into uh, like um, South or 300 mile radius. Do we want to put more ice cream dipping um, cabinets in different areas? And do we want to franchise? You know, there's just a lot of those conversations we're at. Mm -hmm. Want to make the right decision. And that's where we're kind of hung up on right now, but that's, uh, that's what's fun about it, so. <laughs> well, going back to what Jason said before, the brothers really wanted to create their own path and their own destiny. Nobody was going to give it to them. So the next big step forward, whatever that might end up being, is exactly that. It's them making their own path to success. And this, this really is the fun part about entrepreneurship. Now, as I'm interviewing these two, they are so calm and collective, and they almost seem to answer my questions collectively and in unison. I mean, they are twins after all. So when I asked if they'd ever had any family fights and feuds with each other, well, uh, I would hit on the biggest, I would say, is <laughs> we, just, we got little issues here and there, but I so said we got little stuff, but I'm trying to think. Uh... Well, after hoeing and humming and looking at each other for a bit, they finally did come up with something that resembled something other than brotherly love. You know what, Justin, actually in the younger years, I can say when we were 16, 17, 18, those were the toughest years and that we got mm -hmm. our hissy fits out. And uh, I remember grabbing, yeah, grabbing <laughs> by the throat and throwing you down on the ground and beating each other up. But um, I would say we got a lot of that out of our system before we got yeah. more mature. <laughs> so now you just kind of talk it out. Uh, brotherly love. Well, these two have been faced with a lot of business opportunities and a lot of big decisions over the last decade and a half or so, ever since buying their cows and starting a dairy farm in 2003. Well, like anyone who has been in business for a little more than a bit, they've made a couple of mistakes. We got into the hog industry back when we were 18 years old, and we did a farrow to finish operation along with the dairy, and... That took us many years to overcome that failure. We hit everything wrong. It was bad timing. We learned a lot, and um, that just wasn't our forte. That one hurt us. Yeah. That one hurt us a lot. Hurt Financially. Took, what, seven years to pay that one back? Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that almost bellied us up for farming. 
And on top of that, uh, we were back in our younger years, thought you're going to farm half the country, rented a bunch of land out west, never farmed South Dakota ground before. Find out real quick that's a different world than Iowa ground. And uh, we lost a lot there, too. That was another time that we had some issues. We got through it, but uh, worked a lot of years for nothing. Well, this type of failure can be truly detrimental to the mindset of an entrepreneur. But these guys, they just don't know how to quit. They don't. They know how to farm, and they know how to milk cows. But they were starting to see that dairy was just a commodity business. And if milk crashes, they'll crash, too. They needed to get into value-added product. Milk is good for making ice cream and cheese. So that's what they did. I think we had eight years of milking just cows and playing that whole commodity market for eight years. Always had an idea of adding a processing plant, but just never did it. So literally one day we all talked and just said, start digging. We're just going to do it. If we don't do it, we're never going to do it. We've been talking about it forever. Alert, that's all we did. Just start digging and everybody's, what's your plan? No plan. We're going to start processing. We opened an ice cream shop in October. Yeah, we opened it up an ice cream shop in October in, in South, South Dakota. Dakota. That's so good that, planning. Well, honestly, it was the best thing we ever did because yeah. we were so overwhelmed on how to do this. That it was the best thing. It, and the people in Sioux Falls here have been great to us for that. Great support. We're great support. So, mm-hmm. We never even knew how to dip ice cream. We never, no. We, we didn't even know how to make oh, it. It took us a it took us a year to figure out vanilla alone. Him vanilla took a year, the family. Yep. Yeah. That was the hardest ice cream we made because that's the base of all your ice cream starts with vanilla. No plan, and they didn't even know how to dip ice cream. This might be the title of this podcast episode because I love this so much. For me, this is what makes these stories so worth it. So many of us think that to get into business, we need to be something or have something that others don't, some sort of credentials or science degree or math degree or business degree, and it's just not true. You just have to do it. You just have to work hard at it and just go for it. Make mistakes, learn from it, and keep going. And honestly, be a little naive about the work ahead. Like the Stenson brothers when they were going to open up their first storefront ice cream shop. First of all, we thought it was going to be easy. And what you realize is in the retail world, a lot of that's bought in shelf space. And you go up against big guys. And if if you don't have the relationships built, you don't get in them. So that takes time. You got to build your market. We didn't you know gotta, that. We had yep. the creamery all ready to go. And we had milk. We're ready to process. And oops, forgot about the marketing end, which is a lot of what... Uh, goes in with it so then that's how Le- my sister leah got drug into it she's in the marketing and she can help us market this product that we thought we could sell anywhere so then what we did is um always thought we needed a balance of the storefront you got to tell the story you got to have that connection with the consumer along with multiple other retail op like hyvees or what have you in the in the local area here um work with some of the local restaurants and food service programs. Our marketing, we felt like we needed to get into the daycares, provide a good quality product, get the kids talking about milk, because they're the ones that go in the stores with their parents and tell them what to buy. And get them on tours on the farm. Get them out on the farm, educate them. So what we did is we brought all the family members in, 
and we kind of all attacked our areas along with farm tours, producing a good quality product, educating it in our storefronts. We brought all that together and we felt that's how we're going to do this. If you don't do it right, don't do it at all. So we went all in like that. And I would say that's the best thing we ever did because our storefront was our flagship. That first one, then we went and we kind of did a few other adventure things here in the last year um, to help create that awareness. And uh, you got to have that connection with the people. You can't just be in the store because nobody knows who you are. You have to have your storefront to educate. Well, the Stenson family has done a phenomenal job at marketing and educating about their business. If you stop into at least their 41st Street store, they have a TV that plays a video of their video of their farming operation in action. They also do a really good job at educating the public. They host farm tours where families and groups of people can bring their kids out to the farm and see the process firsthand and eat some ice cream. I think they also bring schools, first graders, second graders, that sort of thing in for these same tours. My wife and some of our family friends actually went out there this summer and my kids talked about it for days. Whenever they eat ice cream now, they talk about the cows and the cows that make the milk that turn into ice cream. I mean, we should all be so aware of where and how our food is made. When you visit their farm, you'll notice that their equipment isn't as much of an issue as it was when they first started. Automation has been a big focus for the family as they've scaled the size and the scope of their operation from just 44 cows to now over 400 cows. They have these neck collars that tell their automation system everything it needs to know about the cow. The cow's temperature, how much to feed it, if it's chewing its cud properly, if it's getting sick, how much milk it should be producing. It's like going to get a physical exam every time they step up to the platform, which is also 100% automated. It's like an orchestrated symphony of machines and man and cows. I mean, it's truly incredible. Now, something that hasn't been highlighted yet this episode is the Stinson family just doesn't milk the cows that make the milk, uh, that make the ice cream and the cheese, they go one step further. They plant the seed into the ground and they grow the crops that feed the cows that make the ice cream and the cheese. They are a truly a farm to table company. So when they talk about growth plans and expansion, I mean, you can really start to imagine the complexity of the scale that it takes to manage each different vertical of their company and sustain it all. Want to produce more milk? You have to produce more feed. Need more feed? You need more land. I mean, it all works together. So how about a little perspective and a couple of fun facts about the family farm before we finish up? So how many acres total do they farm? Over 1,600 acres. These are the crops that feed the cows. And how many cows exactly? Over 400 cows. So how much milk do they produce on the farm daily, monthly, or even annually? Well, just under half a million gallons they produce annually. That's 39,000 gallons a month and 1,300 gallons every day. So how many gallons of ice cream do they go through? Well, they're currently averaging about 5,000 quarts a month. 
that ends up being 60,000 quarts a year or 15,000 gallons of ice cream. I probably account for at least a thousand of those gallons. Seriously, guys, I love this stuff. Now, I ran out of time to share the perspectives of the wives who ended up joining us for this recording. They gave some insight into life being married to twins who work together, who do business together, and how they all raise a family together. The cohesiveness of this family should honestly be turned into a TV show. The way these women work in the business with their husbands, they help line up tours and manage inventory and wholesale and shipping accounts. I mean, honestly, it runs all just as smooth as butter, which is also made for money. Now, if you want to learn more about the Stenson, Stensland family oper- farm operation, you can visit them online. They have a ton of great content and information about their story, the opportunity to book a farm tour this coming spring. They've got great p- pictures of their product and, of course, information about all their locations and their hours so you can visit them firsthand and see and eat some of their delicious ice cream. You can find them online at stenslandfamilyfarm.com. And you can find them online on their website at stenslandfamilyfarms.com. I will make sure to put a link in our show notes, which you can find on our sponsor's website at siouxfalls.eco. That's siouxfalls.eco. Now, one final bit of housekeeping here. I just got word that the Zeal Center for Entrepreneurship who has now taken over our original sponsor of this season and last season, uh, Startup Sioux Falls, founded by Matt Paulson. Well, they have decided to not renew their sponsorship of this podcast for season four. Now, I love this project. I really do. It's been a fantastic time interviewing some amazing local entrepreneurs, but it also comes at a great cost of my time, which I cannot do for free anymore. I'm also an entrepreneur and free time is a scarcity. So I've been sponsored the last two seasons, but looking forward, I just don't have a sponsor lined up. So if you're interested in me producing a season four, I need to know if you truly want it. If there's truly a benefit to our entrepreneurial community. Now, if I decide to take on season four, I will be looking for new sponsors of this podcast, as well as probably some help on editing the podcast and pushing this out there to various social media channels and things like that. So if you love this podcast, I need to hear it. Please send me an email, hit me up on Facebook, send a carrier pigeon, stop me at the next networking event, whatever it is. Just let me know that this podcast should continue or if I should end on this final eighth episode coming up next this fall. I love you all, and we will see you soon with our final episode. Maddie Pashong is going to be coming up. I do have a bonus episode scheduled as well, so be on the lookout for that. With that, we will see you all again soon.